Welcome back to the Casual Obsession Horror Podcast, where this week I am your host, Jeff, and we're talking about frickin' Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't watch that one. I just watched regular Poltergeist. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I was. I, did you just think I was excited about watching Poltergeist? No, no. I meant that we're watching frickin' Poltergeist. It's a different movie. Ah, uh, yes. The uh, uh, 2010 frickin' Poltergeist. Yeah, it's like I thought you were going to go with the 2015 cursed. remake. No, it's between the two. Obviously. It was a D-make, really. Yeah. Honestly. Deconstruction. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say Its existence yet. undid <laughs> the existence of a previous Poltergeist movie. There used to be like five of them. <laughs> it's a shame it didn't undo a couple more. Well, <laughs> way to spoil your Maybe it just uh, took out opinion. the wrong one. I don't know. Anyway, we're all supposed to introduce ourselves, and I already said my name. Oh. So. <laughs> oh, that was just such a long pause after anyway. I'm just like, I anyway. Like, I had to collect do, my do thoughts. Do we need to pull up our outline for how we do? It's right there. <laughs> okay. I'm Noah. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Nina. Hello. And we're here to talk about freaking Poltergeist. Freaking Poltergeist, right? So, anyway, Poltergeist came out in 1982 and was uh, controversially directed by Stobie Spielbooper. Uh, So, (laughs) on paper, it's directed by Toby Hooper, right? Um, Yeah. But there's an awful lot of discourse about whether or not Toby Hooper actually directed this movie. I can think of only a couple moments when I'm like, yeah, that looks like Toby Hooper. I could not find a single moment where I thought it looked like Toby Hooper. However, I've only ever seen one other movie by Toby Hooper, and that was The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, like, obviously nothing in this movie resembles that movie a whole lot. Yeah, no, that's super fair. Uh, It doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, I, I haven't seen any of his other movies except for that and this, so... I, I don't know that I know what to look for when I'm looking for Toby Hooper. Anyway, so this movie was produced by Steven Spielberg, and it's been said that he was more or less the one calling all the shots and directing the movie by basically telling Toby Hooper what to do. And Spielberg himself has all but confirmed this by saying that he selected Toby Hooper to direct this movie specifically because he was not a take-charge kind of guy, quote. Ah. That's kind of interesting, considering the, um, not the reputation, but, like, yeah. what we know about his set for Texas Chainsaw, where he was a take-charge kind of guy. It certainly seems that way, right? I don't know if he just was trying something new there, or, like, you know, maybe that was a one-off and he didn't want to do something like that again, or what. Uh, but Spielberg... Um, basically couldn't direct this movie because he was already under contract to t- direct E.T. Mm-hmm. Which, fun fact, was actually the child of the same screenplay as Poltergeist. Originally, they were there was a script written that was called... It was going to be titled Dark Skies, I think. Okay. Or Night Sky, or something like that. And it was entirely going to be about aliens. But then somebody, I, I heard that it was Toby Hooper, maybe it was somebody else, um, convinced him to go a different direction with it and make it about a haunting instead. But he still wanted to go in the Aliens direction, so basically they he just split the screenplay into two separate movies 
and one was Poltergeist, and one was E.T. I gotta be honest, that makes a lot of sense. It, it actually yeah. super does. Right? Because they're... For as well executed as this movie is, there's not a lot to it, plot-wise. But it is long enough to make up for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh... You know, in terms of, like, non-spoiler stuff, I should probably do the synopsis of the movie, shoot. Um, (laughs) So, more or less, there's this family, and they're living in a a suburb where the houses are all, like, way, way too close together. I think they chose to shoot in this specific suburb because the houses were so abnormally close to each other. I don't think they were more than, like, 12 feet apart. Yeah, The size of the houses. They looked like... They looked too close. I've seen suburbs that are an awful lot more spacious than this one. Yeah. Uh, But basically, this family um, starts to think that their house is haunted, but then, just like in Insidious, it's not the house that's haunted. The ghosts are coming from inside the child, you know. And I want to talk about that later, too. Yeah, I have my opinions about that. (laughs) There is definitely some stuff in the movie that makes you wonder, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. But essentially, you know, bad stuff happens, and they call the, the, the Ghostbusters, and... And then some other stuff happens, and that's the movie. Yeah. And there's a TV. There's some TVs yeah, there's involved. Yeah, there's a TV involved. Man, that, that TV, sh- like, the TV static shot is really good. I really love a lot of these shots. It's, got a, it's a movie with a lot of good shots in it. It's a movie mm-hmm. with a lot of good-looking things in it. It's a movie with a lot of good, really good characterization of characters that we don't see doing a whole lot of stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, like we were talking about this a little bit with Insidious, but this is the movie that did all of that, like, to a 10, you know? I, mm-hmm. I feel like we get to know these characters a lot in a very short amount of time without them having to do very much to tell us about themselves. And that's yeah. pretty cool. Definitely. Also... Yeah. 10 out of 10 because there is a dog and the dog does not die. The dog is not harmed in any way. Yeah. That's true. Honest, I, I oh, love sorry. that. No, I was going to say, like, I am a big fan of Does the Dog Die, uh, the the website where they uh, let you know ahead of time whether or not there is a dog and whether or not that dog dies. Um, uh-huh. And I, I feel like out of all the trigger warnings we could give, for any movie, does the dog die is an important one. It's an important thing to bring up with horror movies, because so often you see a dog on screen and you just think, oh no, they're going to kill that dog, aren't they? Yeah. But in this one, they don't. They don't. So and go watch Poltergeist. The dog is what's okay. What's his name? E-Buzz? He's a good boy. <laughs> yeah, E-Buzz. What a name. What, what a, name. a name. Why E-Buzz. is he named that? Um, I have no idea. They're a technologically forward family, Nina. They had all the high-techest gadgets. It's short for electronic buzz. Actually, that sounds that plausible. Honestly, that doesn't, actually that doesn't like make it I any better. I said it as a joke and realized I was probably right. <laughs> all right. It's, a, it's short for email buzz, as in buzzwords and emails. Email buzzword. <laughs> email buzzword. Early, early draft of BuzzFeed. That's him. BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going downhill fast. Um, <laughs> we need Emma's rating. We need I think, Emma's is that rating. No, wait, tra- we got a warning. We need. Do we? Do right, we recommend this movie? Uh, right. Do we recommend this movie? I, I'm gonna start out and say personally, it depends. If you, uh, 
aren't super into horror movies as a whole, if you aren't super familiar with horror movies, um, this is probably good for you. You'd probably like be okay with this one, especially if you like Spielberg. But personally, I don't like Spielberg and I don't like this movie. And Oof. I'd give it a four out of ten. Wow. Wow. So harsh. If you're looking for a movie to show your kids and introduce them to horror, I think this is that movie, right? Because it's very kid-friendly. Nothing overtly horrific is on screen for the most part. As we mentioned, and the I, dog doesn't die. Exactly. And I, I really think, like, if you're looking to have a movie to show to your kids because you want to test out whether or not they're going to be into horror with you. I think this is a very safe movie to do that with. Um, however, yeah. for reasons I will go into during the spoilery review, I really didn't care for this movie, and people's reactions to me not liking it have made me hate it. Um, <laughs> and that's I'm trying to ridiculous. remove. I And I am, in all fairness, I really am trying to remove my experience with the movie that people I know have assigned to me and my experience with the movie that I had. I will be reviewing based on my experience. I will... It's not a bad movie. It's just not my movie. I'll give it a 5 out of 10. Okay. That's fair. I I actually hardcore disagree with you, Noah. Whoa. Um, we're gonna... That's my we'll job. have to talk about this in the spoilery section. But okay. I don't at all think that this is a good rec- recommendation as a good introduction to horror for a kid. Not at all. I agree and with you, Emma. We'll we'll talk about that later. But okay. uh, I did obviously as the newbie to the horror genre of this group, I was really surprised by how this movie approached horror and uh, how it did it. And maybe it's because it's older and horror was done in a different way back then i don't know but i thought it was really interesting um how it all played out and while it wasn't my favorite movie of all time i thought it was interesting and being that it's a cultural landmark for the horror genre i guess Mm -hmm. we can say it is Yeah, i did enjoy it and Mm -hmm. for what it is i would give it maybe a six and a half, maybe a seven. Okay. But if I were to say, like, put it up against, like, a bunch of older movies, then it would probably be a lot higher. But That's I'm fair. comparing it to, like, my knowledge and experience of other, like, newer horror media. Right. Okay. So, th- I mean, that is kind of where this one falls apart, right? Is we're we're looking at it uh as is the criticism of course from uh a perspective of having seen all the more recent movies everything everything that was able to build on the foundation that this laid down right because this movie is kind of the foundation of a lot of modern haunting movies and a lot of you know just everything that's come afterward anything to do with ghosts is kind of taking cues from this. I think this movie is really well done. I think it's extremely important. However, after when I watched it was after Noah had made his disapproval vocal about it. 
So I decided, rather than going into this movie being excited to watch it and thinking that it was great the way that I had been, I decided to try and be more critical of it. And you know what? While this movie is really well done and while it is important, it's not all that fun of a watch. I actually am agreeing with Noah. (gasps) Hot damn. What? Is this allowed? uh, (laughs) It's only the second episode and we're upsetting our own formula. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Disagreeing with our formula set out, Jeff? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but I am going to say that I would still recommend this movie to just about anybody who was looking to get into the genre because it's an important piece of it and it's i think kind of a soft entry to it the kind of almost the way that we were talking about insidious but i i think it's a little bit better than insidious just to kind of dip your toes into it you know i would agree it's it has less horrifying imagery than insidious does which makes it automatically a better starting point if you're a total newbie yeah Good old lipstick doesn't show up in this movie, so lipstick does not show Ra- up. In bump this movie. your rating how you will in that regard. I missed him. I would give I this movie. I, I think I'm actually going to match Emma's number. I'm going to give it like a six or a seven. I, I, think, I think that's, that's fair. a really fair rating. I think that's. Pretty I think fair. that's. A... However, I would add that it does not pass the phone test. The phone test. Not being on your phone while you're watching it. I watched oh. it. I watched it on my phone, which made checking my phone impossible, but I was two beers in by the time that I finished. That's a pretty weird thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, she watched it on her phone while I was streaming with Dan. It's because you were streaming with Dan, and my computer would not play Netflix while you were streaming with Dan. Oh, okay. Fair enough. It's not like you just sat down and were like, I'm going to watch a movie on my phone. No, it was a a problem-solving moment. Okay. (laughs) It was a MacGyver. All right. Yeah. I'll allow it. We respect a MacGyver. We do not stand a MacGyver. But, but we, we respect, respect it. <laughs> Emma, your scary rating. Um, yeah. So, my scary rating, um, going into this movie, I was very nervous because my roommate Stacy is a big fan of this movie, and she forced us to watch it at night with the lights off of course. Oh, nice. and <laughs> she just wanted me to have the full experience you know nice mm-hmm. so i was definitely a bit freaked out um it tied insidious for a number of jump scares that got me um with which one was, i was gonna say which was one <laughs> yeah but i was i was thoroughly creeped out by it and I'm going to give it a solid 10 out of 10. Scary. Scary. There Very we go. Scary. You know what? I respect Spooky. it. I respect it. Yep. Uh, for trigger warnings, um, I would say that there there's at least one thing to mention. There is some body horror. Yeah. There is a bit, yeah. Yeah, there and is the one scene of body horror. Epilepsy, epileptic warning? Epilepsy yeah, warning? I think an epilepsy yeah. warning is very reasonable. Yeah, yeah, a lot of flashing lights, a little body horror. There's some corpses that might freak you out a bit if realistic corpses bother you. Yeah, because they are real corpses. I was they are, say, are we just gonna launch right into that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna uh, talk that's... about the curse in a minute. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way um, to f- bury the lead. Oops, I swore. But you know what? The dog survived. 
So the dog survived. The dog did. Okay. That's what's important. And actually, all the people survive as well. So, yeah, this is a zero death movie. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Insidious was very close to being zero deaths until, like, the last couple minutes. Yeah, the last, like, 30 seconds of the movie, they're like, but what if one person died? (laughs) Eyebrows. That's the point where they were like, oh, no, we forgot to kill anybody in this movie. (laughs) This is a horror movie. You gotta kill horror people. Who can we get away with killing? I know, the old lady. (laughs) I know, the best part of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. That way, yeah. all our sequels have to be prequels, except for one. So with all that said, uh, we are going to go into the spoilery part of the episode. Spoilery country. What did you talk say? Talk about whatever. The spoilery. Um, I tried to say spoilery in like a weird kind of way, and it just popped out, you know? It's pretty mm-hmm. good. It happens to the best of us. So but, Jeff... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Emma. But yeah, so if you don't want to be spoiled even though this is a 30 year old movie uh um don't listen to this next part but it's a 38 year old movie yeah because the movie is available on netflix so you can watch it real quick and come back and listen to the rest of the episode yeah and then we'll spoil you yeah (laughs) all right jeff take it away so it has long been said that this movie has a curse on it due to the use of actual human corpses in the making of the movie. Now, real quick, I just want to make sure everybody's aware, the use of actual human corpses in movies is not an uncommon tactic because real human corpses for a very, very long time were cheaper than fake corpses. If you watched Mm -hmm. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, there's real corpses in that one too. If you've watched most movies made before then, there's probably real corpses in there. Even if there's no corpses shown in the movie, they're probably in a closet somewhere. They're just (laughs) everywhere on set of these movies. They just got corpses lying around. Sometimes they wind up with corpses in movies that aren't supposed to have corpses in them. They're just (laughs) everywhere. They were so cheap, they were losing money not buying these corpses. They were so (laughs) affordable. Yeah, you write a movie that doesn't have any corpses in it, the producer sends it back and he says, put a corpse in, we're losing money. You guys are are, uh, making it harder for me to naturally slip in the fun fact that I know, which is that real human bones were used in the um, Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney. Oh yeah, that was a big thing for a long time too. That's far darker. One of them... Like, there's one skull that's still real, but everything yeah. else is Everything replaced. else was replaced. Classic And I Yorick. love that. <laughs> so it's not as weird as you think. Like, it does hugely undermine the, like, moral of the movie, but... A little bit. Uh... It really does, doesn't it? <laughs> a, a, a tad bit. Anyway, though, so the curse is said to be that a child actor died in the making of each of the original three movies which is not true mm-hmm. because one of the of the three kids that are in this movie one is still alive only one one only one so five months after the release of this after <laughs> i can talk five months <laughs> after the release of this movie dominique dunn who plays i believe her name's dana the older sister yeah. yeah, was killed by her ex-boyfriend um, in trying to break up with him, essentially. That's... He strangled her, and she died in the hospital. Good lord. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and then Heather O'Rourke, the girl who plays Carol Ann, the youngest sister, died of septic shock from a flu-related bowel obstruction right after shooting Poltergeist 3. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Now, there are two actors who were in Poltergeist 2 who both died shortly after the release of that movie, but they were both uh, far more natural and expected. One was after a long cancer battle, and I don't recall what the other was. They were, it's, it's coincidental is the point, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, a, a far more interesting fact is one of the construction guys who cat calls Dana earlier yeah. on in the movie, um, mm-hmm. in like 2004, like early 2000 times, um, got killed with an axe. Oh, oh an axe murder, like axe. you read about. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty weird. Probably not an actual curse, though. Yeah. No. Probably. I mean. You assume not an actual curse, but dang. But it is. It but is that's pretty one. crazy, right? I think um, one of the other child actors, maybe like the brother in the second one, almost died. I heard that. And like so... Spielberg himself like jumped in to like s- save the kid. Well, that's pretty weird. That kid? Albert, Albert Einstein. Einstein. <laughs> 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 and that's how you know the curse isn't real. <laughs> but we'll be like, there's a lot of different versions of the story mm-hmm. of the curse floating around, depending on who tells you about it. Some people will try and tell you that everyone who is involved in the making of this movie is dead now, which is patently untrue. I was going to say, you can, a two second Google search tells you that 90% of them are alive. I've definitely heard yeah. that one before, though. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, some people will try and tell you that if you the, the the like the curse is such that if you watch the movie you invite those forces into your home and then the curse affects you i've also heard that one mm-hmm. which i watched well, I this movie for the first that. time sometime last year and i haven't been cursed yet as a matter of fact my life has improved exponentially since then so more like um, poltergeist blessing, blessing. i watched <laughs> so this week was my first time watching it and I'm trans now. So oh I'm no! First. How did that happen? Um, I'm so sorry, Emma. I'm suing. Sue Spielberg. He deserves it. Dang it, Get Spielberg! Why didn't you just direct this movie instead of being a coward? Oh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, but um, I think what we've all found is that the real poltergeist curse is not the friends we made along the way, but rather the insults that we get from the friends we made along the way on <laughs> Facebook when we say that we don't like it. How's that for a transition? Yeah. Boom! Okay, that was so a good this transition. Is, I'm gonna pirate the episode from Jeff for a second and just like talk about this for a second. So FBI, I is this allowed? I watched this movie and I posted on Facebook. Man, this is my first time watching this, and I'm not forming an excess of positive opinions. I mean, like, that's a pretty you know, mild it's, thing to say. It's, it's a, it's a, mild it's take. a reasonably mild thing to say. It's mild enough that my mom responded to the post. Yeah. Whoa. And you know, she doesn't really interact with my Facebook too often, except on things of this nature. So, like, you know, whatever. I get a lot of comments. Like one person, uh, let's see, like three people were like, "Eh, whatever." Um, the comment, it aged poorly, I think, isn't necessarily true. Mm-hmm. However, I actually that think is... it's better now because we have the benefit of having seen Ghostbusters. 
You know what? I'll take it. I can get behind that take. <laughs> I'll talk more about that later. Okay. See, so I got a lot of takes of, like, when people were younger, the movie scared them. One person said specifically they even had a similar living room set up, so that really got them. That would make it creepy. But yeah. then this one dude got in here, and he just got very specifically angry at me. Um, now, I need to very clearly state, through this whole movie... My biggest gripe was that I could just see Spielberg in every single moment. And you can. And that the soundtrack really hurt the movie, in my opinion. And I will get way into that later. And I will agree with you. Um, but that, ha that was my big takeaway. That was the point I brought up every single time someone was saying something else. I'm like, honestly, the soundtrack killed this movie for me. And then this one guy pops in saying, you're comparing a Chevy Cavalier to a Ferrari. When I watched this movie as a child, it gave me nightmares and was pushing the limits as far as creep factor in its day. Naysayers are spoiled with modern technology. This is a great movie. Now, now I'm going to let you I have, finish. I have a lot I want to say about that. Absolutely. But I'm going to primarily, because I'm sure you have other things uh, of a different angle, I'm going to go with the sentence... Pushing the limits as far as creep factor in the day. That's actually the I, biggest thing that I was about to go off on. <laughs> I cool, because I have written. this list of... I do too. Let me, let <laughs> yes. me read you. Um, <laughs> big name movies in order of year release that came out before this movie that are still regarded well to this day. Okay? Yeah. We have The Exorcist in 73. Many people say it's the scariest movie ever made. And honestly... I this is one of my five out of five movies. I watched this movie, had no complaints, loved that movie. You got Texas Chainsaw, 74. Terrifying. Texas Chainsaw in 74 that is scary enough people imagine there being more blood in the movie than there is. People remember this movie being significantly more violent than it is in real life. Because it's just upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> It's Same got year. the violence, you got... it's got the blood, but it's conceptually yeah. upsetting enough that you remember yes. it being worse. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Same, And then the same year, we have Black Christmas, Canadian Noah, film. Noah, do you just have my list? I might. <laughs> you so guys far, it's definitely the same have the same list. It's my list. I'm excited to see how it goes. Black Christmas, though, first slasher movie pretty much ever. It's widely regarded as the first slasher. Maybe more of a cult classic, but still... A very big deal movie. Was Black May Christmas if, out before Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Because Texas Chainsaw Massacre is definitely a slasher. Um, I don't know. I okay. didn't actually. I just looked at uh, years. However, Black uh, Black Christmas is more of a formulaic slasher in the Halloween and Friday the 13th than yeah, it is it, in it the... It definitely uh, follows the slasher formula an awful lot more than Texas Chainsaw does. Exactly. And you know what else we have, by the way? Uh, we have Jaws in 75. That's not on my list. Jaws scared people to death. I it changed the way that people view sharks even to this day. Yeah. People are still dead afraid of sharks who are mostly just the cows of the ocean that eat meat. Fuck the, sharks, though. Wait. Honestly. Don't you think <laughs> cows of the ocean who eat meat should be scared of sharks, though? You know what? Fair enough. Um, I want to <laughs> briefly briefly interject that uh, Texas Chainsaw and Black Christmas 
both came out in October of 1974. Well, there we go. Uh, Texas Chainsaw was October 1st, and Black Christmas was the 11th. I don't think that's enough of a distance to call either the first. No, they were being made at the same um, time, clearly. It was just a a mm. Halloween of slashers, I guess. What a time to be. And that's that's why people consider Black Christmas to be the first slasher, because it was the first slasher for me as slasher. All right, I'll accept it. unimportant. You know what we had in 77? The Exorcist 2, which has... One of the scariest scenes in cinema, considered by many people. Also, it's a not pretty, on my list. It's a really good scene, but I feel like it's important to show how established some of these franchises were before this movie came out in '82. You know what else came out? Halloween in '78. Halloween, one of the biggest horror franchises on planet Earth, scared pretty the shit huge. out of everybody. It did. Alien, seventy nine. In space, list. nobody can hear you scream. Alien was a big deal. Very creepy movie. Amityville sure. Horror, also in 79. Also on my list. Maybe more of a cult classic, maybe not as much of a mainstream hit, but that movie scared a lot of people. Also, Friday closer, the 13th. more closely related oh, to yeah. this particular movie because it's haunting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that yeah. and The Exorcist were the ones that changed my mind f- before Noah like read me this list because I was like, uh, but it's like mostly slashers that were big in like the 70s and 80s before... Whoa this came out but then he's like the exorcist the amityville horror and i'm like yeah okay poltergeist wasn't doing necessarily well, and also anything super the biggest now. thing the biggest thing is to me at least the the fact that the shining was out yeah oh, you shoot, know i don't know right. why i didn't put the shining on my list but it was out too i built my entire list based on the fact that i knew about the shining <laughs> i love that here let me i have three movies left oh, um wow. friday the 13th came out in 1980 evil yeah. dead came out in 1981 the second oh, Halloween came out oh, in 81. So, like, Halloween, established franchise. He's Exorcist, established <laughs> franchise. I think one of the other Alien movies might have come out, too. I didn't actually check more on Alien because I didn't think it was that important after the first one. Oh, but and like, also, they, they, you mentioned Friday the 13th, but I'm pretty sure they were already in production on the third Friday the 13th by the time this movie came out. Yes, because Friday the 13th uh, Part 2 came out same year. Yeah. Happy birthday to oh, I'm sorry, to no. Friday, Friday the 13th, 13th came out in 81. Friday 3 came out in 82. So, like, a slasher, yes. Yeah. Very good wow. point. Sure. It was a slasher, not a haunting movie. However, horror was there not in a slump. plenty of hauntings already out. We mm-hmm. were in the rise of horror at this time. Poltergeist yeah. may have helped establish, and I'm, I'm not going to, not may, Poltergeist definitively helped establish a lot of ground rules for haunting movies as the years have gone forward a lot of them call back to poltergeist however it was not pushing the envelope it was a safe thing. movie that's the biggest thing not only that's was my it biggest not rebuttal pushing to that the thing he said not only was it not pushing the envelope whatsoever but it was intended to be a sanitized version of the haunting genre and honestly, that's that what is was okay. made for that is very okay. Was Spielberg taking something and cleaning it so it could be put into the mainstream. It's what Spielberg's good at. Exactly. I'm that's not gonna hate on thing. that. That is his whole thing. But like, that's that's all that this is. If this scared you incredibly when you were a kid, it's because you know, obviously, maybe you weren't watching watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre with your parents. Maybe you weren't watching The Shining. Maybe you weren't watching Black Christmas. Uh, exactly. This it was a different era. It was Kids the scariest were not movie desensitized you had seen at the time to this kind of stuff. Exactly. But being the scariest movie that you have seen at the time when you're a kid is not an indication that the movie itself is actually scary. Yeah. 
And on that yeah. note, um, I want to hear Emma tell us why this isn't a good movie for kids. I'm, yeah, Hell I yeah. am very curious as to I'm that I'm about part. to go Tell me why this movie sucks for kids. Yes. So, like this person said, he or she or they, who knows, said, when I watched this movie as a child, it gave me nightmares and was pushing the limits as far as creep factor and a say, blah, 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 blah. So one of the most surprising things to me about this movie was that it's PG, which obviously the rating (laughs) system was different back in the day. But when I saw at the beginning, as it was starting to play on Netflix, that it was PG, I was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And so I think because of that, as well as you guys were talking about how Spielberg kind of his thing is taking these genres and watering them down a bit to get them more into the collective mainstream of media. Yeah. And so I think because of both of those things, more parents were a bit more okay with their kids watching this movie. And it kind of had the it effect where people watched this movie when they were young and it scarred them because it was so shocking to their system that wasn't like anything they'd experienced yet right mm-hmm. and it was just very creepy the reason why this shouldn't be a good first horror movie um i think there are other things that you can show a kid that are on the horror spectrum that would be a lot easier to digest than this movie mm-hmm. um, you think so? courage oh, the cowardly dog one. dog courage. for instance you could show them a few episodes of that creepy show definitely fits on the horror spectrum and can help build those kids up a little bit um this movie there are some the body horror scene in particular could be very shocking to a kid like obviously obviously Mm -hmm. for us who are older that are a bit more used to seeing special effects whatever it stands out a lot but for kids Maybe they'll see it start to happen and their imagination just kind of fills in the blanks and it becomes a lot more real to them. Uh, In the same kind of way, like the big scene where like the skull comes crashing out of the closet or like the clown doll. That's the part where I jumped, by the way, was with the that's clown valid. doll. Oh, I think that one got um, me too, even though I knew it was coming. That seems to yeah. be the thing that everybody remembers about this movie who saw it when they were kids and haven't seen it since. They all remember mm-hmm. the clown being a bigger thing than it was. Yeah. Fucking clown doll. So yeah, so there are just some scenes that I think would really stick with a kid in a very negative way. Um, to the point where I would not recommend this as an intro to the horror genre movie. Um, I think, especially nowadays, more kind of kid-slash-young-adult media, like, teeters on the horror spectrum sometimes to where you could introduce them a little bit with that stuff. And then maybe after you've gotten used to them used to some of that stuff, you could go to poltergeist or maybe another like horror light movie um just to see how they react but i definitely don't think this should be like their first introduction into right like they they should be warmed up on something else before bringing this in maybe yeah they need to have something in their like mind 
that has kind of built up these building blocks so they're a little bit more used to the things that they're going to see in this movie. So in my mind, um, as a mild rebuttal, only that um, things like courage and things like that, I feel like if a kid's interested in getting into horror movies, there's probably going to be a reason beyond, hey, I want to watch scary movies now. Um, I'm going to assume that there's already going to be like minor influences of that throughout their lives. Right. Assuming that there's already an interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in that regard, I think that this movie is going to be just fine for as like an introduction for a kid, because I don't believe this would be a pure first introduction. Yeah. No, it calls to mind a specific kid from, I work at a, at a record and DVD and CD short store. Um, and there's this one little girl that comes in all the time and she loves to pick out like courage or the Beetlejuice cartoon and all of that stuff. Uh, her mom looks like way more goth than the kid. Cause the kid's like blonde hair, pink dresses, but she, <laughs> oh, she's like goths, yes. picking out the, like, you know, all the creepy shows in the kids place, hotel Transylvania. Right. Like she clearly already likes that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. she's maybe like, I'm not her mom, so I can't say anything, but like, right. If I were her mom, I don't know that I'd show her Poltergeist yet. But, like, that's the kind of kid that I would show Poltergeist. Mm -hmm. A kid who's already seen Hotel Transylvania. An Adam's family kid. Someone who appreciates the aesthetic of the thing and already enjoys that. I think for for a kid like that that already shows interest in the genre, I think this movie's fine. Right. And Emma, I I do agree, however, straight up very first experience with a scary thing as a kid yeah no this probably will end up triggering that in a bad way yeah and i think talking about it the way that you have i agree with you i think a kid already interested and introduced to this genre a bit this would be okay as like more of a next step into like the actual horror genre but when you phrased it earlier you said um parents if you've been wanting to get your kids into the horror genre a bit more and you want to see how they'll react to it like you recommend this movie as like a good starter and that's I where i was like nope as well nope. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm um what do you call it? one of the horror groups i'm in on facebook that's a question that floats around at least twice a month of hey my kid's uh three years old and i'm trying to figure out what to show them what do you guys think is uh is child's play and Friday the 13th too much? And the answer is very so wildly that I'm like, you know what? My know. answer is Maybe. parent your own kid. Figure out their limits, but like, don't ask strangers on the internet. Yeah, that seems like, uh, like a recipe for bad decisions. Honestly, I think I stand by total blank introduction to the genre with Poltergeist if you are going to sit there with your kid and watch the movie with them. You can't just sit them down and be like, all right, here's a movie, kid, and then go out back and have a smoke, you know? Right. If you want to introduce them to the genre, there's a lot of really good ways and behind-the-scenes stuff and fun ways to help them understand this is a movie, this isn't real. Yeah, this isn't a thing to just spring on an unsuspecting child. This is a thing to be prepared for. And it's like, it also obviously depends on the age of the child, but, like, with, like... Carol Ann specifically and how this movie is kind of addressing some of her like coming to terms with like death and stuff like that um, with the scene with the bird from the beginning specifically like 
to me, that's like you can have some interesting conversations with your kid after this movie. Yeah. You know, about like, well, why were the ghosts upset? Which um, are we are we ready to move on from this discussion? Because I want to move right I've, into something that really um, annoyed me. About I've got this a couple movie. other things that I want to address. OK. All right. You go right ahead. Okay, so uh, just back to this this stupid Facebook comment for a minute. Because <laughs> I'm still mad about it. No, that's, um, that's fair. I've been mad about it for the last week. Two things. Well, three things. Um, the last part where he says naysayers are spoiled with modern technology. I hate that because mm-hmm. two of the absolute creepiest and most effective horror movies that I've ever watched are The Witch and The Black Coat's Daughter. And I don't know if you have all seen the both of those, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there's hardly a visual effect between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There can no, be they an awful lot minimal. accomplished with no technology being involved, hardly. Mm-hmm. My favorite like horror effects I've ever seen are practical. The practical thing is, is the like best. the biggest one for me is the effects in the thing. It's like obviously the original. It's like incredible what they were able to achieve with some like, hydraulics and rubber and corn syrup. Yeah. It's like Tom Savini's a freaking wizard. Mm-hmm. So I I think the people who are like, oh, you're spoiled by modern technology. Uh, no, I really enjoy Westerns, so it's not the slow pacing of this movie. It's not the oldness <laughs> of this movie. It's, for me, the reason I gave it a four, 100%, I just really hate Spielberg. I've never seen a Spielberg film that I've enjoyed. That's legit. Like, that's a personal thing. I am willing to admit that that's 100% a personal beef. I have no good reason that I don't like this movie. Well, I have a couple, but. But that's what if the I big told one. you. It's a Toby Hooper movie. Oh, Noah just looked up. I'm sorry. I have to. I have to roast him. Noah just looked up Iron Giant like he was gonna prove to me that my favorite movie was Spielberg. Spielberg. Uh, But it's Brad Bird who is my role model. Like I don't know that already. Wait. So you didn't like War Horse? No. (laughs) All right then. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let, Let me find. Let me find some Spielbergs to just run down the list. Wait, okay, so the, wait. <laughs> one of the other things that I want to talk about this comment, we can talk about, you know, Noah, when you find Spielberg movies, you can just go ahead and shout them out. But, oh, I don't, I don't give a uh, Back to this comment, right at the beginning, when he says, you're comparing a Chevy Cavalier to a Ferrari? What's he saying? What yeah, in the what, world? You weren't comparing it to anything. You this? just said you didn't particularly like it. You weren't comparing it to anything. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be fair, he's more playing on the fact that in his mind Noah's more used to all He's these projecting. new horror movies with special effects and everything um so in his mind he's like because you're going back and seeing this everything you're used to and all these new movies you've seen your expectations of those are being placed onto this movie, which mm-hmm. isn't fair. Well, but I like, know that's um, why he's saying that, but that's projection because if and if he actually like knew or thought about for a second what he knows of Noah, he'd know that Friday the Thirteenth and Hellraiser are two like big Noah favorites, and yeah, those are yeah. not modern technology movies. No, whatsoever. Well, and also like, well, I the the comparison just doesn't. I don't get his his friggin' metaphor here. A Chevy Cavalier without knowledge of other cars kind of still sucks. And it's not as though Chevy Cavaliers Cavaliers weren't, like, necessary to the development of the Ferrari. There's no connection there. Mm -hmm. 
It's not. It just doesn't. It, it bothers me. I don't. Your literary analysis. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he just so, made this like really strong bad faith argument that didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like this guy, whoever he is. I'm gonna fight him. Don't, dude. So. Who wrote this? <laughs> If you're listening, I'm going to fist fight you in an abandoned Kmart parking lot. Just meet me there. Anyway, so he says... dealership. So... (laughs) (laughs) Suzuki Joe is going to be our referee. (laughs) 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 But, like, also, he says he watched it as a kid, and it gave him nightmares. But, like, I mean, come on. A a kid will watch a movie that's not intended to be scary at all and find something scary in it sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had nightmares about Looney Tunes. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was absolutely terrified of the freaking boat scene from Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder. And it's, I mean, it's still a little weird, but I'm not scared of it now. Without a doubt. I'm not going to insist that it's the scariest thing. See, I was afraid of the Jekyll and Hyde song from Arthur, the library card special. You remember <laughs> that day, episode? If you do a slow rap about library cards, Noah loses it. <laughs> but it's like watching Brain transform into Hyde from being Brain got me really bad. There was a specific line he said. He was just like, no, when they asked him to return a book and he just growled no. But it was it's very funny looking back at it. Uh, actually, but I was didn't. afraid to go into my garage because every time I went into the garage in the dark by myself, that's all that I was seeing. Oh my god! Actually, and, the the line that he said, I can't believe I remember this. It, he didn't just say no. He said no. Renew. Oh, okay, that's guys. what he said. Uh, guys, yeah. you got you got to stop guys. unlocking core memories so I can complain about this movie more. Okay, sorry. yeah, sorry. We I, need to get I love this you movie. all, but we got to move past talking about this Facebook comment. We got to stop talking about Arthur, it's guys. Been, Come on. It's been so long. <laughs> all um, right, anyway, Nina, let's get into the movie. <laughs> Nina, before you jump into that, um, I do want to make sure that we give an actual synopsis of this movie and the movie's plot so that when we're talking about things, people can pinpoint, like, what we're actually talking about. Okay. Good move. Uh, okay. Is that on Jeff to do, or... Yeah, that's on Jeff. Go for it. I am extremely bad at this, as you've probably already noticed. Um, so, so more or less, the, the, the dad is, a, like, a real estate salesman, and... Uh, You're doing great. Do you want someone else to do this? I can please. do it if you want. I can't do this. I'm no good. <laughs> All right. Nina, Nina okay. you got it. <laughs> Okay, so this movie um, follows a family that lives in this pretty nice house in a pretty new neighborhood. Um, The little daughter, she's, I think, five, is sleepwalking at night and talking to a staticky TV. After she, uh, there's a storm and this creepy tree, like, reaches into the bedroom and grabs her brother out of the bed. Straight up eats him. Straight up eats him. He's barely saved. She touches the TV and um, awakens something that sucks her into her bedroom closet and she disappears. And the rest of the movie is her family consisting of her mom, her dad, her older sister, and her uh, older brother trying to get her out of wherever she's gone to. They call in a very similar team to Insidious, an older lady and two techie dudes. 
And they come in, they run some tests, they see that this is a very real haunting, they experience some paranormal stuff themselves, and they go get another person who is a psychic, and she comes in, kind of gives the mom and the dad like a rundown of what they got to do, helps them get Carol Ann out of this other world that she's in, tells them the house is all good to go, and then leaves. In the midst of this, the dad finds out that this new, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Neighborhood was built over a graveyard. And they figure out that this is why these hauntings have been happening. Uh, they think everything is good, but after the psychic leaves, another episode happens. It gets way worse, and they just grab all the kids, throw them in a van, and drive away and stay in a motel that night. And that's that's the whole movie. Oh, and that's the house implodes. I forget that the house implodes. Yeah, the house implodes. The house implodes. Yeah. And it looks pretty cool. It does, it really honestly, does. look pretty cool. It's up there with the, like, Carrie house I... scene. Actually, did learn how they did that effect. Me too. Yeah. No, they, I learned. They it recently. built a, a miniature of the house and they put it over a really powerful vacuum, and then they shot it Shlorp. with shotguns. Wait, really? Oh my gosh! Yeah, and That's they filmed so cool. all of that in slow motion. That's wild. That is really all right, good. Nina. Go off. All right, this is my big thing. When the little psychic lady, or is it the older one? It's the old lady, isn't it? One of them is talking about what a haunting is and what a poltergeist is. I think it's the oh, lady with the doctor Dr. Slash, not yeah. Zelda Rubenstein. Right. Okay. So she's talking about how a poltergeist haunts a person like Dalton has his deal. Yes. And, and so does Josh in that movie. Um, and a haunting haunts a place. And so that makes sense at the moment because it seems like Carol Ann's being haunted. But as soon as we find out about the graveyard stuff, to me, that all goes out the window. It's a haunting. But the movie's called Poltergeist. Well, yes. When you when you guys earlier were talking about, yeah, in this movie you find out like, oh, it's actually the kid that's being haunted. I was like, wait, when was that fucking established? Yeah, it like, does not I thought feel it was that. very clearly the house that was haunted. It's in the title. Yeah. It's a non-spoilery thing. <laughs> it's That's my big thing, is that they go out of their way in the movie to talk about it being Carol Ann, but there is little to no evidence that it's Carol Ann being haunted, other than the fact that she's the one who triggers everything going to hell. That's like, It seems like and it's 100% because the house is there and because yeah, actually, the buildings are there. It actually seems like we're kind of very specifically shown a couple of things that uh, particularly target Robbie and that particularly target the mom. Uh, just mm-hmm. kind of like to prove to us that it's not just about Carol Ann. And yet right. the movie yeah. is still called Poltergeist. Yeah, everyone so. in the movie doubles down on the fact that it is a Poltergeist. Yeah, and they never, well, I guess they kind of say it's a Poltergeist or something. But I imagine they get into it in the sequels. There's two of them. Maybe. I haven't watched those. I'm, so I, I probably can't say. won't. <laughs> I don't really have I, an interest in them. I'm not real interested in them either. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to talk about, because that's, that's my whole gripe, is that they say it's poltergeist. They tell us what a poltergeist is. They say that that's what's happening and then it's not. Um, my other big thing is 
I think this is actually a big detractor for me when watching the movie is that so much of this is referenced in pop culture today Mm -hmm. um, that like I was super distracted every time something happened that I recognized from something else. I was like, ah, oh, uh, stranger things. Oh, uh, gravity falls. Uh, and it, it absolutely yeah. like the, the references to poltergeist and those other things. Sometimes like with insidious, it's basically the whole movie is kind of a reference to poltergeist in, yeah. in a way versus Gravity Falls is like, check out this little southern psychic. Um, <laughs> so, like, it's it's different, but it's still to me, I'm like, and Stranger Things, it's just little things here and there. I was having a hard time taking the movie in as its own piece of art because of what a cultural, like, influence it's had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a problem with some Be- movies when you when you see them after they've been such a big cultural thing for so long. Yeah. Because of that cultural influence for me, this entire time when I've thought of Poltergeist, my understanding of it has been, oh, the house was on an Indian burial ground, and so there's like a bunch of weird, creepy shit and hauntings that happen, and then a kid gets taken. Um, And then watching it this entire time, I was waiting for the reveal that it was built on an Indian burial ground, and then it never was. (laughs) And they specifically say it's not even... No, yeah, it's just a normal graveyard. And I was like, well, fuck. I love that <laughs> plot twist. I love that because it's like it demystifies the whole Indian burial ground thing because yes. it's like what kind of person wouldn't be mad that their graves had a house built on? Yeah. This is not a, a a Native American, like indigenous exclusive anger that's going yeah. on here. Yeah. Well, and on top of yeah. that, what I really like is that we are the, the movie kind of goes out of its way to show us that the people in the graves were pretty well off. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we see with, like, the jewelry coming down from the ceiling in the one scene. And when the corpses start popping up out of the ground, when we see the ones in the caskets, at least, they're pretty well dressed. A lot of them have some pretty shiny jewelry on them. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of shown that, like, it's not even as though it's just, uh, like, a poor people thing. It's like, you know, this is, this is rich people. And yeah, they still are going to haunt you because, you know, even in death, they can't stop leeching off of you because capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking capitalism. Interesting read. I love it. That's in a lot of, there's a lot of like anti-capitalist, anti-consumerist kind of uh, stuff in, like throughout the rest of this movie as well. I can talk oh, about yeah. that later though. Oh, yeah, no, like, with the whole, we don't need to talk about it later, we can talk about it now, with the whole, All like, right. anti-real estate, like, thing, where it's like, oh, yeah, we're gonna build everything tight and close together, phase one, phase two, uh, f- it screw everything, we're just gonna move the headstones, because, and, like, yeah. that was one thing to me, where I was like, they were really gonna dig up a hole, it feels to me like the cheapness of the land, um, and, like, the view or whatever, like, the money they could make out of it, um, seems a little bit like it next to the cost. It, right? Next to the cost of having to move an entire actual graveyard. Of course, they're just gonna move the headstones. They're capitalists. Yeah. Well, but on top of that, there's a ton of like imagery in the movie. Like you, you probably noticed um, just all the brand name stuff that is oh, all yeah. over this movie, everywhere. Um, and like uh, one of the one of the 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 best like little like imagery things that I noticed is like how Robbie is terrified of that clown. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And how does he defeat him in the beginning? He covers over his fear of the clown by throwing that Chewbacca jacket over him. And the we Chewbacca see Chewbacca's face covering, covering up the clown's face just with Chewbacca's face. He's, he's covering over his inner demons with his consumerism. But then when the jacket doesn't work, the clown actually attacks. When we are not able to mask our misery with our consumerism, our inner demons are able to actually attack. But it's only when they attack that we are able to finally vanquish them. I thought that was freaking cool. Because like it's not any amount of actual, like, psychics or power Christ compels you or any kind of any of that that defeats that haunted clown. It's just Robbie saying that he hates it and ripping it apart mm-hmm. because he let it attack him. Yeah. I thought that was like pretty that. cool. I, pretty I like that read a lot. Um, I want to oh. go back to one thing that Jeff said really quick, if, if, if everyone else is fine with it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, what Jeff was saying about... Again? Nah, I got it. The characters. <laughs> the characters in this movie and how, like, fleshed out they are. My favorite yes. is Dana. Dana is my absolute favorite. And I was actually talking to Noah. I think another part of why I didn't like this movie is because there was no audience surrogate for me. I couldn't really relate to the parents and their fear of their kid being taken. I couldn't really get into the whole childlike wonder thing with the kids. Dana okay. was my audience surrogate, and she was only around for, like, a, like cumulative, like, ten minutes. She's the foster. Yeah, yeah she is the, the foster, The parents aren't paying she? attention to her very much, and that's why she acts out the way that she does, and that's why she's as confused as she is and as absent as she is. I mean, she was the smartest fucking one in the movie. She yeah. was like, screw this, I'm staying at other people's houses. Yeah, that's a yeah. smart shit's right? going down. That's the smartest she knew what was up. I loved the little tidbits that we got about that family where they talk about how, like, how they're talking just, it's, it's completely, like, like, exposition that's, like, kind of subtle. They're talking about the ages of their children, and he's like, oh, yeah, yes. my wife's 32, and my oldest daughter is 16, and it's like, wow, yeah. you had that Sorry. kid so young. Yeah. And then you took a minute and had your other kids, and that tells us a lot about the parents and what kind of people they were, and it tells us a lot about Dana. Yes. And I, I just love that, because it's like, you gotta be paying attention to some extent. Yeah. But well, and that in addition really to... Cool. The way that we get that one scene where the parents are just sitting in the bedroom smoking weed and yeah. being mm-hmm. goofy with each other. And we learn so much about them just from that scene, from the way that they interact with each other and the things that they joke about. Yeah, I mean, the dad was a competitive swimmer that yeah. doesn't swim anymore, or a diver, I should say. And now we know that. Yeah, we, we kind of get doesn't to come up again. feel like we know him. It yeah. kind of does come up again because it's the whole premise for the swimming pool being built. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah but like it. It doesn't really come up again, like, as a... It's not, it doesn't become important. It's not seeding anything. It's just, like, a fun little flushing out, which is one thing I will say that Spielberg is very good at that I respect. He makes very realistic feeling characters. You feel like they exist and they're real and they have a life outside of the movie. Yeah. You know? These people like, feel like they could be your friend's parents. It feels like... Exactly. You know. Yeah. I mean, well, look at the breakfast scene. Everyone is just talking. Mm-hmm. And they're, oh my gosh, it's such a hectic breakfast scene. Everyone's just like eating and talking over each other and everything's just happening. The fact that for what, like the first like 30, 40, 50 minutes of this movie, nothing substantial kind of to the plot really occurs. And yet that's somehow a, that's, a that's not the part of the movie that drags. No, it's not. Yeah, it's no. after Carol Ann gets taken that I'm the movie so bored. Where everything is actually happening is the part that I found dragged the most. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's everything between when she gets taken and when she comes back. Because yeah. after she comes back, before the second round of haunting begins, we get more family stuff. We get more like character talking, and that's fine. I just yeah. I did not like a single moment apart from that one random body horror scene, which I really enjoyed. Um, apart from that. I didn't really love anything else that was going on. I did not like the character of the psychics or the like paranormal oh, investigators. They None of they them. bored me. I okay. I liked I the investigators. It. I found them to be fun because yeah, I, I liked the Ghostbuster guys. Yeah, the Black Ghostbuster was my favorite. He was a really fun side character who like he's just sitting there sketching all night. Yeah, no, I did like yeah. him. I did like seeing what he was. I wish I knew at. what his name was, so I didn't just name him that. I don't. Yeah, you that, I, maybe they don't. I don't think they I don't did. recall them giving him a name. Oh wait, yes, they do. It's just only mentioned like once. Do we want to look it up? No, it doesn't matter. I, say I remember the other guy's name was Marty, and I only remember that because I wrote Marty quits in my notes. <laughs> oh, because Marty did after quit. the also- face ripping scene, Marty left the house, and he said he wasn't going to come back. I really yeah, like that 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 happens. <laughs> Because you don't see that in other movies, and it makes perfect sense to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marty quit after he ate all their food out of their fridge. That yeah, was guilt. Fuck, man? He ripped his face off goals. because he was guilty. I got a lot of questions about the rest of that scene, actually. The way he walks in there, and he's just like, I guess I'm going to get something to eat out of their fridge. And he pulls out, what, like a couple of chicken wings and then a whole freaking steak? Like the <laughs> reddest steak I've ever seen in my life. And then he just life. sets it down directly on the <laughs> counter. Yeah. Yeah. What in the world? I would squirm away and explode into maggots, too, if I were treated <laughs> like that. If you were set directly on the counter. Speaking of just character and character development and characterization, um, largely speaking, I did enjoy all the characters in this movie and the little tidbits they added in their interactions. Um, compared to Insidious, I really liked the relationship between the parents yeah and their dynamic and they both felt very human and they reacted to things normally and they both seemed like good people mm-hmm. yeah one thing that really bugged me was when the wife discovered all the shit happening in the kitchen oh my gosh and yes. she was just like this is the coolest fucking thing watch this shit <laughs> i was like what the fuck are you doing why does that not trigger like a mm, okay maybe something's okay. wrong no I, that made me so angry into the characterization a bit though exactly that's what i was thinking is because by all accounts to me she's characterized as someone who hasn't fully matured because she had a kid so young mm-hmm. oh like okay when she That's sees the dead when she sees the dead bird she's like ah shit couldn't you have waited till a school day that's a very like that sounds very... like every mom i've ever known what are you talking about <laughs> uh, that sounds like my mom well, well, that's that's <laughs> it a, it's like a very mom. mom thing however i i agree though it does come across as someone who was just like you know like, not oh, quite ready to deal with this not really ready. Her interaction with Carol Ann about the death of the bird doesn't really feel like someone who's ready to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Fair. Like, you've had yeah. two kids. Surely you've already talked about the death of pets before. Also, on the note of death of pets, they get her a fish immediately, and then this girl just I... keeps aggressively oh my God, feeding I had the fish. Such a hard I think time they already had the fish. 
Okay, well, regardless, no, she asked if she could get a goldfish. Yeah, cause, yeah, oh, there okay. it is. Yeah, because she did ask, but she's just sitting You're there right, shaking food into the fish tank, and the mom does not specifically say that she could kill the fish by overfeeding them. Like, oh, they turn into sharks. I'm like, yeah, she said that they I'm turn into you sharks. Not to say things and like she that, she said that, and I'm just like, no, sharks are cool as hell. Tell this kid that she's gonna kill her pet if she's not careful. Don't tell her she's gonna turn into a shark. Your Listen, fish is going to explode. I, okay, but I real quick need to talk about something okay. very important to me personally. Um, sharks are not cool. <laughs> sharks are scary. That's Jaws um, propaganda. Jaws again. A mom bit my, or my mom was bit by a shark when she was pregnant with me. Oh my god. What? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I'm going to text her right now. What? <laughs> <laughs> go find her i'm gonna be like is this true is she like missing okay. a leg is. or something she was no it was a baby shark oh. baby shark yeah um how dare it you. was a baby shark it bit her on the leg um and left a mark but uh she was bit by a shark when she was pregnant with me and i think that fear and that like survival instinct against sharks has fed its way into me and now i am I will. I do not fuck with open water. Are you gonna go Neither find a shark Noah. for revenge so you can kill it? No, because it's it. open water. Oh, come on, Jeff, get with the program. It's, oh, but don't it's you got want its revenge? Spot. I've got my spot. Don't you want to go bite that like, shark that bit your mom? Nah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, that was my piece about sharks. So Thank that's super valid. I don't know. Super I valid. I I felt like the mom's reaction was more because um. Because of, like, the kind of person that both parents were before having kids. Like, not not because they were so young, but because they were... Um, hippies? Likely kind of like hippies. Yeah, but as we can kind of see evidenced by the fact that they're, you know, living in the suburb and smoking weed and stuff. Small. But they're just the ones that grew up and got jobs and such, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I no, kind of thought that makes sense. she held on to that as a part of her person a little bit more than uh more than the dad did but only a little because i did like that he wasn't like josh where he was like you brought a priest over i will not have this uh, skullduggery in my house but when he sees the evidence that it is in his house he's not excited about it he's not like ambivalent about it even he's extremely freaked out right from the get which is valid. yeah which makes sense yes (laughs) He believes mm-hmm. her. He believes it immediately, but he is very not excited. He is super unhappy. Um, I also would like to talk about how... I, t- I mentioned earlier that it was interesting how this movie used light differently um, than I've seen or imagined in other horror movies or shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, largely speaking, it's a pretty bright movie yeah like a lot of the time in modern horror they use darkness to kind of show like evil or hauntings or whatever yeah um and the light they put is that blue most of the time considered like a safety mm-hmm. um but in this movie the haunted closet that fucks with everything is completely light um mm-hmm. a lot of some of the more like notable scares happen in light or mm-hmm. when light is kind of shown on a thing. Yeah. Um, and 
largely speaking, when it was dark, I was like, okay, nothing's going to happen because, like, yeah, it's dark That's right now. That's a really good point. When there was, like, yeah. The only, th- the only things that really happened in the dark were, like, the corpses when they were running out of the house, but I don't... That wasn't, like, scary for me or anything. No. So I don't know that I would count it. Um, The kid getting swallowed by the tree, but even then there was constant lightning. Yeah. So everything was illuminated. And then the clown. uh, The clown happened while it was dark. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. So. That's pretty I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of the light, I want to address... um, Something I like to uh, relate to the purple-haired uh, general in The Last Jedi. Uh, it's called the Why Don't You Give Me All the Information Clause. And I have this gripe with <laughs> Zelda uh, because, hey, what are you doing telling the parents to trust you but then not giving them all the information? Oh, go into the light. Don't go into the light. Go into the light. Don't go into the light. Which is it, man? See, I kind of thought that was a misunderstanding on Steven's part because when she started saying go into the light at that point and he freaked out, she wasn't talking to Carol Ann. She was talking to the other spirits, trying to get them to go toward the light. Yeah. And I felt like he was misunderstanding her at that point. Um, I was misunderstanding too because I did not pick up on that. Well, I did. I I did, but it was not well communicated. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the kind medium of the point, had, I suppose. But the medium had said that they were going to use the daughter to As help bait. draw the spirits to the light uh, to help them pass on, and so I'm I'm the same with you, Jeff. I think it was communicated, but in the moment he was freaking out and yeah, he was like, like what the fuck are you saying? Yeah, also I mean, it was more sure communicated she wasn't to the mom being anyway. as clear as she should have been. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I kind of felt like that was just him not getting it. Yeah. Also, while we're talking about Zelda, um, a big gripe I had um, with her character. Okay. I didn't enjoy the fact that they cast a little person as their psychic because this movie came out in the era when little people were cast in movies as like, get it? They're tiny. And that was like kind of the reason. And the fact that they took the most out there character in the entire movie and they're like, ah, We'll cast a little person for this. Felt uh, less than cool for me. Okay. And I see I that. Think, I get it. I think but... this is something that if they did it again in modern era, don't think it would bug me as much because that's not the same kind of stereotype as much nowadays. Okay, so here's What's, the thing now. You know? They shoot her with a lot of dignity, don't they? They do. They do. They treat her very well. Right at the moment when she's introduced, it kind of goes out of its way to show us how short she is. But then immediately after that, once she starts talking, everybody else sits down on the floor. And they're all lower down than she is. So the way way that she's shot is kind of like, you know, she is very small, but she is powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, the only issue I have with that is they did play partially with jokes when she first showed up. With Steven, like, clearly not taking her seriously until she's like, I'm not playing games with you when he's like, well, I was trying to answer her with my mind. But I and thought, clearly, you didn't me, like that, that was, scene? That was, there to were, me, more of a it, was a... it was in the middle of me being uncomfortable with her casting 
so it landed not as well for me. I'm pretty sure that if I rewatched it, I'd like it more because it is literally just a moment of Steven getting it handed to him, and I think that <laughs> yeah. would be better. But I was yeah. really on edge looking out for them making a joke. Oh, okay. I you were looking for something bad. I got you. Yeah. I, yeah. I understand with the era why you would be on edge. To me, it it felt more like I see how you could feel that way with some of the representations of, of people in like with disabilities in general in that era. Oh, yeah. But um, to me, it felt a lot more like Peter Dinklage's casting in like Days of Futures Past, even though I think there was a lot of debate about that one because of like mutants and stuff. There was a whole thing where people were griping about that. I missed that. Yeah. I never Don't remember saw that movie. That was, it's, he creates these robots that sniff out mutants and kill them, but a lot of people were pointing out that since, um, uh, it's a genetic like thing to be a little person that there's like some like self-hating imagery there so that was an iffy bit oh mm, i can get behind that take um so that was interesting but like just casting a character that could be anyone as someone who is not what society deems normal um and then not drawing a lot of attention to it uh, is to me a really good way of representation and honestly once you like get past that initial fear of how they might treat her and you take it as like what it is I think they actually did a pretty good job yeah I was just yeah, on I, I thought they were really respectful towards her like none of I think the instance that you're talking about Noah is more related to the fact that he doesn't believe a medium is real mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, cynic is kind of messing around with that notion but it has nothing to do with her being a little person Mm -hmm. yeah and besides that they don't i don't think anybody really says anything about her height or jokes about it or i don't think anything they just treat her kind of like a character and they're weirded out by the fact that she's a medium um and there's a little bit of hesitancy with that but um i thought like I thought it was good. Well, yeah. I do, I do, I do see what Noah's saying. Though I just thought about this in the fact that there's only one like weird, not weird, being like a medium, right? Like character. There's only one like spiritually weird character, and that is the character that they cast as um, an, again someone who doesn't s- society doesn't deem as quote unquote normal, um, mm-hmm. and that's where I can see. Maybe a little bit of a gripe is it's like, oh, you didn't cast, like, the Doctor as Zelda. You cast, like, the Medium. But then again, I feel like that's a pretty small gripe. But I do I do kind of see where that you might get a little concerned. Yeah. But, yeah, all that to say, they did treat her with respect, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I thought so. I liked yeah. it. Hmm. I do think if I were to see her in a different movie and she wasn't a psychic, I wouldn't believe it. I think that's the only kind of character I could believe her playing. Just because that's yeah. kind of the way she that does she give is. off the way vibes. she carries herself, you know. So we're we're getting pretty far into this, and I haven't brought up my main gripe yet. So the I do want right? to. I the do want to talk about the soundtrack. Let's and talk how about this, that soundtrack. This soundtrack this. reeked of, and I did check just to make sure that it wasn't the same guy that did ET. No, because it was the Jerry soundtrack Goldsmith. reeked of ET for me, but it was not John Williams. Um. But this movie, every every single bit of it, 
just was dripping with Spielberg, and that yes. includes the soundtrack that, in my opinion, neutered a lot of really good moments. So that the is the music... thing. I think Jerry Goldsmith saw who he was working for and knew what they wanted, and he decided to just try and channel Williams the whole time. Because the whole and, chan- yes. the whole soundtrack, absolutely, it's John Williams' worship. That's all it is. There is one moment that the soundtrack, in my opinion, fits the tone of what the movie could have been. And that is when they are getting their explanation of, like, the back info of, like, hauntings and the house and the area. Yeah. They're getting a rundown, and there's, like, less, like, happy Spielberg music going on. Yeah, it's less of that, like, kind of a Spielberg feel to it. Yeah, the exposition scenes, it sounds Mm -hmm. real good. Yeah, but then you get moments where, like, you get this, like, boom, boom. Bum, bum, and then the clown is alive mm-hmm. and it's like moments there's just a lot of moments that I think could have this movie would be 100% saved for me I would have no gripes at all if the soundtrack had not been so at odds with the story that I felt the, mu- the movie was trying to tell um you mentioned, can I? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned one moment that I want to mention as well, was when they go into the closet and they think that the dead body of Carol Ann is under a blanket and it's just the clown. Um, I agreed. This was, for me, the big moment where the the soundtrack bugged me. Was it, it, it kind of cut, like, the actual yeah, horror you, it, of that? Yeah, it prevented you from actually being worried about Carol Ann being dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah. if the, there had been, like better soundtrack or no music at all in that moment like if that had been a serious moment i think that could have worked for me but sure you know Again, it is what it is I think and that's, that's okay. all part of the trying to make it family friendly mm-hmm. you know you have to make sure that the kid in the room isn't going to get too scared you have to make sure there's something cueing them not to be too worried mm-hmm because like I don't know I've I've seen other movies that Jerry Goldsmith did the soundtrack for and I'm sh- certain you have as well he's done a ton and he usually does very very good work he usually does stuff that I like a lot more than this mm-hmm. so it's got to be intentional oh yeah I, again like Noah said I th- it's I'm sure a lot of it's because he's like knows who he's working with oh yeah, yeah. I I'm just looking for two seconds at what like what's going on here. The movies that I'm seeing him credited on. Oh my god, like, he did Despicable Me. Whoa, for real? Uh, I didn't the know Universal? That. No, 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 no. He did the Universal theme. Oh, okay. Oh. And that was in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all a lot of this is really funny. A lot of these movies on his IMDb that he is he is credited with is because the Universal theme was used, <laughs> or because he has composed some stock music that was used. But That's like looking at move. he did Nemesis. He did Star Trek Nemesis. Nice. That, that had a tonally good soundtrack. Absolutely. He's definitely done other horror movies with really good soundtracks as well. Yeah. I think, he did uh, the, I think he's the done the a couple like of Friday the 13th movies. I think. I think he did The Omen. Don't quote me on that, but... No, um, yeah, mm, I didn't see it yet. No anyway, though, I think a lot of this movie kind of sounds like... Um, obviously, it's because it's John Williams' worship, but I think a lot of this movie kind of sounds like Home Alone. Yeah. Home Alone. Was Home Alone John Williams? I believe so, yeah. And E.T., which was also John Williams. Yes. Um, those those, those both are what... 
and I, I just want to express how much I dislike E.T., like, more than I dislike this movie. Like, I, I really actually that. am okay with this movie when it when it's compared to E.T., which I hate. Wow. All right. So I guess I'm definitely never watching that one. I mean, go for it. Heck, you, I'm not you and gonna. I disagree on things. I mean, I've never wanted to watch it either. I just kind of, you Same know, here. <laughs> hearing people say that they don't like it, I just, I, I feel like that's definitely a sign I won't like it either. Yeah, I don't know. Especially the, uh, for me, the the song like right at the end as the credits start to roll that sounded oh, exactly yeah. like the main music from home alone to me did you get it's all the, the way to the end of the credits i did not watch all the way to the end of the credits whether the uh at the, by the time you get to the end of the credits everything falls apart um and the kids just all start laughing and it gets a little bit dissonant and some people have praised that as a oh it's so cool and creepy oh that's right i remember but... that from the first time that i watched it now yeah yeah, it, if I took the time to watch the credits, I'm sure I would have found that really cool because that is one of the things I love when yeah, music goes dissonant um, slowly. Yeah, you know yeah. what you guys would love then are the credits for the new Child's Play movie, the uh, the reboot or the reboot, the reboot, requel, the reboot. Uh, that ended up happening. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It um, it was really good. It was a bunch of kids singing the uh, singing whatever good guy theme was used in the movie ah yes and um as it went on it just became oh no it wasn't a bunch of kids it was freaking what's his name luke skywalker mark hamill mark Mark hamill Hamill. yeah it was mark hamill singing a song and as it went on it got creepier and creepier until the credits ended i love that and that was really good it it was kind of it felt like now that i've seen this i realize it probably was kind of an homage to it but it was really good what isn't an homage to poltergeist these days Uh, at this point even I'm an homage to Poltergeist. Whoa! All right, so <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, that was my that was my beef with the music. I felt I like it, it neutered some good moments, and I do need to bring back here. I really, really do think that this is an important movie. It's good that it exists. I just didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Um, one thing. <laughs> there's one specific shot I made a note of at the very end of the movie. That there's this really tight shot on Steve's butt while he shimmies around looking for his keys. Oh, I noticed that too. And I'm like, oh. that's what I'm after. We need more <laughs> man ass for. on my screen. That's <laughs> I-, I thought it was just really funny because it's one of those like, huh, usually that would be a woman. Okay. <laughs> and that was that was like that was the whole thing for me. But I you know, I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Um, I could talk for a while about all the consumerist themes in this movie, mm-hmm. but I'm uh, I'm just not going to do it because that would be too much of me talking. All right. So, do we want to hit a couple like just moments that we all enjoyed? From Emma, did you? I can't remember. Did you say you really liked this movie or you did not like this movie? Uh, I gave it like a six point five or a seven. Ah, but I thought cool. that yeah. you gave it a bump because you weren't a hundred percent. It was one of those like as a relevancy movie. No, hers was, um, uh, if she had seen it at the time, she okay. probably would have given it a higher score. Okay, 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 cool. Yeah, I, so here's a fact about me, everyone. I have not seen many movies that are older than, like, the 90s. That's fair. Um, and even the 90s, I, I don't know how many movies I've seen, but I am not super exposed to to older media and when i do watch older media i i just have a hard time with it like i don't like it as much typically mm-hmm. um there's not I as am, much to relate to yeah and i just i don't like the visual camera work 
<laughs> I guess you could say. That's valid. Just kind of like get it. the graininess or whatever. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. While I'm watching these older movies, I'm trying to keep in mind that I work that way. And so I'm trying to give these movies like more leeway. Um, mm-hmm. But gotcha. I, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was... I thought it was a good time. Yeah. Um, like you guys said, it does drag on at some parts, but there weren't any points in the movie where I was like bored, but there were times where I was like, I'm going to check my phone real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just cause like a slower part was happening. Um, but yeah, I had, I had fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tend to just some... like anything with ghost detectives in it because, like, I just think they're fun to watch. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's probably going to affect my that ratings of fair. everything that we cover in the future because if there's ghost detectives in it, chances are I like it. Valid. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here was a shot I really liked, by the way. When Steve's boss brings him up onto the hillside and he's, like, saying, hey, what if you lived up here and you had a house overlooking the entire valley, see? And, yeah. um... I thought it was really cool when you have the graveyard sitting behind them, how you kind of get a vibe that, you know what, that entire subdivision kind of looks like a bunch of graves, just like yes. w- row after row. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was kind of a cool There's shot. That was a cool there. shot. That's um, one of yeah, like numerous really dualities that there are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, in the very beginning of the movie, um, that that guy who like... What did he do? Guy? He wrecked his bike? Yeah. I'm glad you knew exactly who I was talking <laughs> that about. Guy? I was going to talk about <laughs> him. Guy? Yeah. I, I wanted to talk about him. His beer sprayed for like five minutes. That beer was just spraying. And yep. no one said it. They were all so hype about the big game. that You've just everyone's activated just like, my trap card, Noah. I'm going to start talking about consumerist themes now. Boom. So, like, oh, no. <laughs> they're focused on the TV. The TV is a central part of this movie, right? Yeah. They're also focused on the TV that they're not looking at the fact that there's beer spraying everywhere. This guy is so in such a rush to get to the TV, he actually leaves most of his beer in the street. Did you notice he does. that? He does. He leave has an most entire case when he wrecks his bike, and then he grabs, like, a single six-pack that's spraying everywhere. And he runs inside and leaves the rest out in the street. The only person who notices the fact that the beer is spraying everywhere is Dana, because she's not attached to the TV. Mm-hmm. And she's pretty put off by it, too. She's pretty angry. I did Rightfully. like that. <laughs> I mean, some of the guys were like, ah, oh, what the... But then they were It kind of takes them a like minute to get there, the though. TV. And they, mm-hmm. they yeah. don't fully care about anything until the channel gets changed. Yeah, I love true. how half of them didn't recognize Mr. Rogers. Yeah, like, who is this? Yeah. Who's this man on my TV? And he's like, and I, oh, I get sorry, it my neighbor has the same but... remote. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There, that was that was a scene. Like the fact that the first twenty minutes or so of this movie was all just getting to know the family. Yeah, that is a thing that Spielberg does well. The yeah. family all felt like real people. Mm-hmm. He did I a real good. Like, they did a real it good job with that. Did not drag, even though it was slow. It felt like we were just watching a slice of life movie. Yeah, and it was very good. And those but are man, the most interesting parts of the movie, somehow. Yeah, the characters. Also, the kid had an alien so poster. Well, you don't care that stuff starts happening. I don't know. It's 
there's a lot of points to like about this movie. Yeah. It just didn't land for me. I get it. And I wish that the people on my Facebook understood that that was okay. I wish <laughs> the people on your Facebook would let you have opinions about movies just in general. I mean, they're... They, they usually ignore them, is the thing. Like, usually I just get my opinions on movies ignored, and I'm okay with that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Be warned, everyone on Noah's Facebook. If you say weird things, we will... We'll roast you on the podcast. Talk about it on the podcast. We'll talk about you for 40 minutes straight. How do you say <laughs> <like> that? <laughs> well, there's a difference, you know? There's a difference here um, between saying mean things on my Facebook... And telling me that I'm dumb for not liking this movie. Oh my god, I He forgot. shared a meme on my page the next day about, um, this sounds like a joke tweet, but I'm genuinely baffled by people who can't tell the difference between a good movie and a bad movie. Who can't tell the difference between or, a good movie and a oh, bad movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's 90% just, of the time, I watch a movie and think I had fun watching a movie. It's like, okay, buddy. Like, come on Okay. Now. You Fuck like Poltergeist. You thought it was scary. We get it. Like, I, I, I don't know. Go watch Willy Wonka and get scared again. Come on. Yeah, and this just felt like this weird dig at me for not enjoying a movie that it's he watched really, growing up. It's a really yeah, sure, weird yeah. thing to say. Yeah, for real. It is what it is. And now we're talking about it for even longer. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm I'm on, on that note. I'm done there. On that note. I don't know, just, on that note, um, thank you, everyone, for... Uh, listening to this episode of the podcast and thank you everyone who listened to uh, episode zero and one when those were released yeah uh, means a lot that you guys are supporting us and hopefully you'll keep listening and enjoying what we talk about yeah um next time next episode nina what are we watching next episode we are watching the invitation uh which is a little more uh low key a little a little less supernatural a, a little? little more interpersonal a lot it's a lot it's more it's not at all supernatural <laughs> it is interpersonal drama less and someone will die of fun um of fair fun. warning <laughs> before anyone watches this movie there is a reasonably graphic like 2 second um self harm scene yes definitely be aware of that it takes place after two characters have or i think just one after just one character's entered a kitchen and is kind of reminiscing to himself it cuts pretty abruptly to that so just be aware yeah it is that okay. is hands down the most shocking scene of the movie but it is also fair to just like hey heads up that's what you're you just got to be aware you yeah. gotta be aware well, i'm i'm looking forward to getting away from the ghosts and demons for once um <laughs> personally valid but yeah um one last time this is the casual obsession podcast i'm emma you can find me at mjade 2017 on twitter that's e-m-j-a-d-e 2017 <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> I'm Noah. You can find me as Bubba the Bad, B-U-B-B-A-D-A-B-A-D. I'm on pretty much any social media. You need to follow me as that. Uh, I usually go like Twitch, Twitter, Insta, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. And I'm Nina. Uh, you can find me at yeah Twitter, Insta, Twitch, wherever you need to find me as Nina Wolverina. That's Nina and then Wolverine like the superhero, but Ina. 
And I'm Jeff, the man who can't sum things up. Follow me on Twitter at Bubba Wubba Dab, <laughs> B-U-B-B-A-W-U-D-D-A-D-A. I don't know how to spell it. Find me on Twitter if you want to hear me talk about sandblasting. You can find me on Instagram at the Hammer of Jeff if you want to see videos of me lifting heavy crap. But that's not interesting, so you don't want to do that. Listen to the podcast more. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yep. Bye, people. <laughs> uh, ca- at Casual Horror Pod. Podcast. Ooh.